Government. We all know it's important to understand, be it state, local, or national, but doesn't the thought of it just make you want to, well, drink? If so, you're in the right place. I'm Angel Romero, your politics and pints aficionado, and this is Ballots and Brews, where we'll talk all things local beer while also diving into what in the world is happening at the local, state, and national government and what you can do about it. It's Schoolhouse Rocks meets the Daily Show meets C-SPAN, so let's get this show started. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to a very special edition of Ballots and Brews tonight. It's our post-election edition. Uh, And can we just say, wow, what an election uh, we just had. Uh, We did have in Shawnee County a whopping 20.25% of registered voters that came out to the polls and voted on Tuesday. And I'm not saying that to be funny. Uh, Of course, we all acknowledge that 20.25% is a pretty low number. Some might even say it's an abysmally uh, low number. However, uh, it is the largest voter turnout percentage we have seen in a mayoral election in this community since 2009. And it's actually the third successive uh, year of increases we have seen in voter turnout numbers when it comes to turnout in local mayoral elections. So that is definitely a trend that we want to see continue and a trend we want to capitalize on when it comes to the next round of local elections, which are just in 2023. So just two years away, not that anyone's counting or anything like that. Uh, but that is definitely a trend that we want to see continue. And Tamika should be proud that more people are turning out to the polls in each mayoral election as well. Um, just a perspective for, for those of you out there listening, because we all know I'm a nerd. And so, of course, I had to research this stuff. Um, so in 2016, a study from Portland State University found that voter turnout in local elections in 10 of America's largest cities was less than 15%. As a matter of fact, in Vegas, Fort Worth, and Dallas, turnout was in the single digits when it came to their local elections. Uh, so our numbers here are actually trending a lot higher than in some of our biggest cities in America. That's pretty cool, you guys. We all knew Top City was pretty cool. It was good at a lot of things. But to know our voter participation is actually outpacing a lot of really big cities in local elections is pretty dang cool. So we're going to drink a beer to that, to, to celebrate that number. Uh, I'll geek out a little bit more later for you all, but just a, a quick recap uh, of things from Tuesday night. It was a big night for incumbents. Um, on Tuesday in uh, city council districts one, three, seven, and nine. They all love their city council members so much that they're sending them back. Uh, so that includes Karen Hiller, of course, in district one, uh, Sylvia Ortiz in district three, who continues to be our longest serving city council member, uh, Neil Dobler in district seven, and Michael Lesser in district nine, all returning to the council. Uh, the only newcomer uh, to the city council will be Brett Kell, uh, who actually beat out two other opponents in the district five race. That was a busy race with uh, three folks uh, in that race. Uh, but of course, that race was a completely open race um, because the current city council member, Michael Padilla, is running for mayor. And speaking of Mr. Padilla, he did emerge victorious in last night's and Tuesday night's uh, mayoral race, winning with 60% of the vote that night. And you all, we are so excited and honored uh, that we actually are joined this evening by Mayor-elect Mike Padilla. Mike, thanks for being here tonight. Oh, you're welcome, Angel. I look forward to this opportunity to visit with you. Uh, had a nice chance to visit with you during the primary, and uh, I am pleased to be here today. Absolutely. Now, my first question is, have you slept much since Tuesday night? <laughs> I have slept, but not where you would uh, 
<laughs> sleep. I sleep in a chair. I sleep in a couch. I sleep wherever I can catch a, coop, a couple nods. Absolutely. Well, we totally, we totally understand that. Well, you know, coming off of your victory Tuesday night, you know, how do you feel about your electoral victory? You know, what kind of do you think? Is there any kind of message that you think your election sends to the community at large? Well, first off, I want to thank everybody who did. Like you pointed out, uh, although the numbers aren't as high as we would like them to see, when you start talking about and comparing to other cities, our, uh, our turnout was good. And I'm glad that they uh, came out and let their voices be heard by their vote. Uh, I'm pleased by the numbers. Uh, I was happy to see that uh, uh, basically I doubled what I had in my primary. And so that makes me feel like there's a, some real confidence uh, shared uh, about my abilities to be the mayor. And so that gives me, uh, it energizes me and it helps me know that uh, what myself and the other council members have been doing have been uh, accepted by the community as and because they returned a lot of the incumbents. So uh, I'm energized by the uh, election. I'm glad it's over. That campaign's <laughs> launched. It started in March, you know. Yeah. So I'm ready to get back to work and get to back to work with the council. Absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, as you as you think about your uh, uh, your victory too, is there anything that you, and specifically that you think you would uh, attribute your your win to, other than your wife Ronnie? Of course, we have to acknowledge acknowledge her. So, outside of Ronnie, anything else you think you would uh, attribute your win to? Well, that, that's a good save, Angel. So that, <laughs> yeah. I'm, glad, I'm glad you mentioned Veronica, the Ronnie. Yeah, she was with me uh, every step of the way and uh, literally out putting up signs and picking up signs as we get the chance to. So she is uh, putting in a lot of time and mileage, too. But, you know, I think I had some real good uh, advisors uh, that helped me along as far as the campaign went uh, with my campaign manager and former mayors. Uh, so th they gave me good advice. I think really what has uh, made me feel good about uh, the election is that people, in my opinion, remembered who I was and am as I worked through the community uh, through my career. And I think that helped me a lot. Uh, there were a lot of people who knew uh, that I would show up for the meetings, I would do the work. And so they could count on me to do that same level of, of commitment uh, in the mayor's role. Sure, absolutely. You know, that's that's the great thing about local elections you know, for all those folks listening out here is when we say local, we mean local. These are your your friends and neighbors. And, and so those kind of relationships uh, really do uh, really do mean a lot when it comes to when it comes to local elections. Yeah, and, and I, I think that's why they're so important and why I think people uh, sometimes uh, overlook the importance of that local election because this, these are the elections that impact you the most and the most immediate. Uh, and the thing is, too, like you say, friends and family and others, uh, they can also uh, have – reach out to their elected officials a lot more easily than they might on a state or federal level. So they are important to the electorate at large. And, and I really think that uh, recognizing that helps uh, give us better candidates helps us uh, have more input from the community. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, you know, as you get set to take on the mayor's role, you know, it's interesting. Our The role of mayor in Topeka looks different than I think some folks might might think. So, we, of course, we have a, a, um, a city manager in our um, city government system as well, So, which is a little bit more uh, unique. So the mayor um, isn't the strong mayor role that some folks may typically think of um, in a mayor's capacity. So there's a lot of, a lot of freedom to kind of define uh, the, the role for yourself. So 
So as you prepare to take on that role, you know, how do you see um, how do you see the mayor's role in the community? How would you define it for yourself? And you know, what kind of role do you think the mayor should have? Um, and how would you fulfill that? Well, you know, um, being a lifelong citizen of Topeka, I've experienced uh, both styles: the strong mayor and now the weak mayor. Uh, don't particularly like the connotation <laughs> of a weak mayor, right. but, uh, but that's what it is. Uh, and I've seen uh, advantages and disadvantages to both. Uh, for me, I think uh, what I hope to do is um, bring a blending of that as well. I think the mayor does have a significant role. They are the recognizable face of the local government. Uh, I was just out this morning uh, having a little breakfast with the city manager and uh it, it took me more time to say hello and thank you than it did for anything else. And I appreciate that. <laughs> sure. And I think that accessibility is important. But I also understand that that, that there has to be a real uh, collaboration between that mayor and, and city manager and the rest of the council to bring uh, things to a consensus so that we're working in that same direction for the same goals that we all want. You know, you hear that when you have any political race, sometimes it seems like all the candidates are talking about the same thing and they want the same thing, but their way to get to it may be differently different. So that's what I hope to be, see is, is my role as a mayor and be really, um, uh, kind of a blending of the two so that uh, I can be a recognized uh, conduit from the community to the governing body and, and back and forth. So I'm looking forward to uh, bringing that same kind of uh, communication style that I had while I was with the state of Kansas and with the city of Topeka and the police department. Absolutely. Well, and, and, you know, when we think about uh, of issues, too, so, of course, there are, are no shortage of, uh, of things going on right now when it comes to city government. There's a full plate, certainly, uh, for the city council coming up. You know, if you had to think about your, your some of your top priorities um, as, as mayor that you're concerned with, what would you think those are? You know, uh, I said this uh, in most of my campaign uh, is that I think it's important for us to uh, focus on the people we have here in Topeka now. Sometimes I think we get uh, uh, um, really enthusiastic about bringing new people to Topeka, and that's important. But if we don't take care of the people that we have here in Topeka now, uh, I think it, that will be more difficult to attract others. So I think uh, some real attention to uh, taking care of our population here in Topeka, Topeka uh, work on the retention rate, uh, really uh, uh, make that a focus and then still uh, be that inviting place because of what we've done for our current population so that others can see that we do care for our uh, citizens, that we do try to reach out to every segment of the community and not just one. If we make that a priority, I think that we'll end up with a population of whatever is 120 some thousand advocates for our city. And that speaks stronger than any, I think, single council member or mayor. When you have the whole city who is happy with where they live and they become the advocates for our community, I think so that we, I, I can bring that uh, to a to a real focus as the mayor. I want to do that. I know that small business is the heartbeat of this community. I saw it as it continued to grow in Topeka, even during the pandemic. Uh, 
Um, I thought it was, uh, to me, I would marvel every time I saw an article in the paper about a new small business opening here in Topeka, right in the middle or right at the beginning of the pandemic, and they're still here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they, they sustained. They worked hard. The small business community itself stepped up and of its own, not the government, but on its own, developed the host program. I mean, that says a lot about uh, people taking care of each other in our community without uh, being directed to by the government or asked to by the government. Um, small business in Topeka, they want to take care of their own and they want to see it grow because that's what keeps us moving in the right direction. And when that grows, the larger companies look at us as a vibrant community. They know that we're committed. So they say, you know, we want to be part of that. We need to have our part so we can still attract large businesses, I think, by really giving all we can to the small business and their growth. And then for me, I really do think I want to be very intentional. And I think that city's done a much better job than decades ago as being inclusive as to who gets to share in all of this growth and, and, uh, and opportunity. I think that it's clear that there's always been a separation, not just in this city, but in almost every city you find, uh, you find some disparities and whatever we can do to minimize those disparities and keep people feeling like they have just as much opportunity as anyone else. I think that's important. And the only way you can do that is to really have them at the planning table when these big ideas come up uh, and not after the fact, because they know what will impact them the most. And if we take that in consideration at the very beginning of our planning, I think uh, our inclusivity will grow and people will feel that level of, I, I am so much a part of this community. I need to stay here and grow with it. And I need to invite others to join us. Sure, absolutely. You know, it's that that topic of growth that was a conversation amongst even all the city council uh, candidates as well. You know, especially in the face of, of looking at, at some of our, our census decline, uh, our census numbers that declined in this most recent census. And, and this idea, I think, of, of focusing on uh, or, or devoting a lot of resources to folks that are already here, um, I think has a lot of resonance in the community. I, I hear that a lot about folks saying that, you know, I've heard various versions of, you know, where we spend money to recruit people from outside to, to come to Topeka. Um, but, you know, what are we doing for folks that, that live in the community? Um, and that's a sentiment I've heard a couple of times from folks. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's a shared sentiment um, across the board uh, uh, on the council. Sure. I think everybody recognizes that value in taking care of what we have. I mean, you do that in your own home. You take care of your family and your friends as much as you can so that uh, um, there's uh, no loss there. And I think we need to do that on the higher level. Absolutely. Well, and, you know, one of the things, of course, this has uh, come up, I think, since uh, the last time uh, we visited on this show, of course, Topeka is, is set to receive a good chunk of money through the American Rescue Plan. I think about $45 million over the span of a, of a couple of years. Uh, you know, any, any thoughts on, and, you know, how, how should the city really approach you think distributing those dollars in the community? Well, I think uh, my fellow council members, uh, especially council member Lesser, he brought it up during discussion, uh, but we all agree that a, uh, a careful step approach to how we spend those dollars is important. Um, you know, when you have a big pot of money, uh, everybody thinks we'll get everything. 
but and everybody wants a piece of it, but ends up if it's not if it's if it's not done carefully, then the things the, the big goals, the big changes that will impact our community might not happen because we've gotten the rush to to spend that money. And so I think that this effort to try and bring the community into uh, uh, giving us what they think is the most impactful use of that money uh, for the whole city, uh, because that's really what we have to look at. It can't be just beneficial to any one part of the town uh, or any segment of our responsibilities as a government. It has to be impactful that it will be felt by the most people possible in our city. So I think uh, a careful approach as to how we spend those monies is important. I think we can do a lot of good. I've already heard some good ideas, but, you know, uh, there's always a new idea. It's a matter of practicality and uh, how do we implement it and how many people really support that effort. And so when uh, one segment says spend it in this area, but we haven't heard from the other three or four segments, I'm a little reluctant. I'd like to hear from the other group, the rest of the group. And that way it, it validates what decision is finally made. And I think that would be the best way to service. Sure. Well, and, you know, the, the idea that you talked about earlier about you know, how do we focus on being in, inclusive in what we do in our city and inclusive in our growth and development. Yeah, this is kind of one of those first big um, opportunities to, to really, uh, I think, maybe double down on that. And really, this is one of those first big initiatives uh, where we really have the chance to, to think about, all right, how do we do this in a really inclusive way? Yeah. Well, very cool. Well, for folks listening out there, we are going to take a quick break, um, and then we are going to be right back uh, for more with Mayor-elect Mike Padilla. Again, you are listening to Bounce and Brews here on KSF Sony Five Live Radio. Seven Eight Five Magazine is proud to present KSEF Digital Radio, Topeka, Kansas. That's the thing you're listening to right now, and we're celebrating everything local and everything Topeka. Learn more at 785live.com, and thanks for tuning in. All right, folks, and we're back uh, with more. We are talking, of course, with Mayor-elect Mike Padilla. Uh, our new mayor is just elected on Tuesday. So, Mike, we talked about lots of different priorities, lots of things going on um, in the city. Is there any one particular thing you are you are most looking forward to, most energized about taking on? Well, you know, I, I'm pleased with the things that have happened in our city as a result of the efforts with the Momentum 2022 uh, program. And already the Momentum 2027 group is meeting and, and talking about uh, what we look for in the future after the next five, six years. Uh, and I think that it's even uh, it looks different this time is that there is more input, uh, again, to find the most impactful things that will happen that will be inclusive to the to the citizens. And so I'm looking forward to getting really involved in that. I think that. Uh, that collaboration between the GTP and the city of Topeka governing body is important. I think that uh, both can serve as communicators for the community. So keeping that uh, relationship healthy uh, is something that I will uh, work towards. Uh, I've been involved with them for my years on the council now, and I, I've seen the benefit because it really makes us uh, think at things, think of things in different ways. Uh, look at uh, things in different perspectives. And so I think that that's exciting. I, I really do feel that Topeka is just on that edge of a big bu bust open things for 
to happen. And uh, knowing some of the developments that have happened in Topeka uh, gives me that confidence uh, with some idea of the possibilities of what may happen uh, still with the uh, economic development and housing gives me uh, a real uh, feeling of excitement that I, I just want to be here when it all happens. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's funny. I have to. I have to get used to saying that momentum twenty twenty seven. Now, so used to, to uh, the others. So I gotta get used to saying that now. But you know, exciting to to look ahead and think about the future for sure. Uh, yeah. You know, in that same vein, what do you think is what do you think is probably the most challenging um, issue to work on right now? Well, you know, I think there are uh, uh, a number of things. Again, it gets back to how do we keep our population here. How do we encourage them to uh, feel uh, hopeful uh, about the opportunities here in Topeka? How do we serve them the best? And how do we make everyone feel that way, not just uh, some parts of the city? I think that's a, a challenge. Before I, anything else happens for me, until people believe that, I don't think that they get behind all the other efforts just as, as strongly as they could. But so I think that's a challenge because uh, when you stop and look out your window, what do you see? Right. You know, and, and, and if this isn't something that you like, then that doesn't make you feel very good about where you live. And so we have to really work hard on that. And so that gets around to the kind of the conversations of code enforcement and how we deal with the, some of the buildings uh, and the vacant lots and uh, the overgrown lots. And and the, I hate to say this, but sometimes in some parts of the city, it's a, a, a look of uh, being unkempt, to say mm-hmm. the least. Sure. You know, that, uh, it's not... Uh, and and that's not just the citizens. Some of our corporate partners don't take care of their property as well. Parking lots get caught up with a lot of trash. If it just lays there, it just accumulates. Uh, and when you drive by it, that's what you think of when you when you see a business. Do you want your business to look that way? I don't think so. So I think we have to instill that level of pride across the board from the private property owner to the big business owner that pride is necessary for all of us and we all have a part of doing it it isn't well have the city clean it up no we we all have the opportunity to take care of our own responsibilities and i think that's a challenge to give people uh, that uh, desire to be uh, a part of what Topeka can be. Absolutely. Yeah. I think so that, that, you know, everyone has a stake in that, that future success and, and how we work with that. So it's definitely a, a multifaceted issue. It's almost like a, an onion. Uh, you know, there's multiple layers uh, to, to working through uh, those challenges for sure. Well, you know, a question about, uh, you know, thinking ahead, uh, you know, one of the things, of course, we've been talking about when it comes to voter participation or turnout and that sort of thing is one of the things that drives up voter turnout is how engaged people are in the interim time and that time between elections. And yeah, how how engaged are they with the process and with their elected officials and that sort of thing. Um, And so as you think about your role as mayor and reaching out to the community, engaging with the community, um, you know, how do you see yourself engaging with the community and, and how do you how would you encourage? people uh, to engage with you and to reach out to you? Well, you know, I was uh, actually up at City Hall today visiting with uh, some of the staff, and, and I was trying to 
give them an idea of how I want that office and, and myself uh, to represent the city of Topeka. And before I got there, though, I ran into several people at a restaurant, local restaurant, and and those are the kinds of encounters, as it were, that I look forward to because they not only offer your their support and congratulations, but they offer thoughts, ideas, and recommendations. <laughs> and, and, and that's going to happen, and I encourage that. But sometimes I think that uh, it, it would be nice to be able to have them come in and uh, formally visit with the mayor, me, and talk about what concerns they have. And I hope today I started towards that effort to try and set some kind of a schedule of opportunity to, for people to come in, for, for private citizens to come in. And not just not just during the day, because I know not everybody can make it during the day. Uh, occasionally we'll have the opportunity for evening hours. And uh, um, I've already talked with staff about that and trying to work through the details. Because I think that unless there's an ongoing connection uh, with the community in in almost all segments, that when we ask for the rallying cry to get people behind something, it's it's difficult to do that. But yeah. if people know that you've been taking the time to listen to them. I think they they get more behind the effort because they know they were a part of that effort, and that's what I hope to bring to the office. Well, very cool. We'll be looking forward to that. We'll definitely be sure to to share the, to spread the word about those opportunities because yeah, I agree. The more folks can get get engaged uh, throughout the process, if it makes uh, you know election time and those other times a lot easier to do, and people have already been brought in and engaged in the process. Yeah. Well, and then, of course, our, our final question for uh, tonight. So, of course, you are uh, taking over from uh, Mayor Michelle De La Isla, who is our first Latina mayor of Topeka. Um, you know, for, and this is a, a question, of course, I'm personally invested in a little bit as well. Is, you know, what do you think it says about our community that, you know, both our, our candidates for uh, for mayor were uh, were Hispanic, and we are going to continue to have a Hispanic mayor following uh, Michelle De La Isla, and, you know, actually had a, even a really diverse field of, of candidates as well. You know, what do you think that kind of... The diversity and, and who we're seeing at representation at City Hall, you know, what do you think that means about our community? Well, you know, I was pleased to see uh, the candidates who did run uh, in my, for my district. And um, I was really uh, encouraged by uh, their willingness to step forward. And I think that was brought about by but you note the diversity of the council as it is now yeah. that they see an opportunity for them to participate as well. And so uh, I'm really uh, glad to see that uh, the council represents uh, different uh, cultures and different ethnicities because it's important, uh, just like everybody's always asking the police department to look like the rest of the population. Well, that's, same goes for the governing body. Sure. Uh, and so to encourage people to run and to participate in the in the process and to keep engaged, whether you win or whether you lose, yeah. if you really have that intent, don't lose that uh, desire to serve between elections. Keep working in those areas that you feel that would have been your priority had you won. And 
keep coming uh, to the governing body to get advice, to get uh, direction, uh, and to get encouragement so that when that opportunity comes again, you may be ready to step up and run for office again. So I think it's encouraging uh, for others to see that uh, if you have the, the will and the willingness to work, you can become part of the governing body. I think it's also very telling about the community that the community is, uh, I don't think that they focus in on the ethnicity or the uh, the culture or, uh, sure. or, or the race specifically about a candidate, because I think honestly, they look more at uh, work effort and history and, and so forth. But sure. that tells me though, that uh, we're making some headways there. Yeah. And, and I think that's extremely important and, I, and I'm glad to be a part of it. That's awesome. Yeah, you know, it's it's we always talk about that that phrase. You know, it's hard to it's hard to be what you can't see, and so I think it's it's so exciting. I think for young people to have so many examples uh, in city leadership of folks that that look like them um, and from from different parts of our community. I think that's that's really exciting. I think for our future. Yes. Well, very good. Well, Mike, congratulations once again. No, you've got a, a busy agenda ahead. We'll look forward to staying in touch with you uh, as your term begins. And thanks for hanging out with us tonight. Anytime, Angel. I appreciate uh, the opportunity and the invitation. And I do like visiting with you. You come up with some pretty good stuff. You're, <laughs> you're, uh, in, you're an informed person. I think that's the more that we have people researching things like you do about the uh, the level of participation in the election and so forth. I think that makes us a better and informed community. And so we make better decisions that impact everyone. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. And to those of you listening out there, you too can be a nerd about elections and voting as well. <laughs> we'll, we'll make sure to get you all those resources so you can look that information up yourself as well. Uh, so for folks listening out there, we are going to take a, a quick break. And then, of course, we'll be back as we always do to finish up the night with our Take Action Moment of the Night. You are listening to Balance and Brews here on KISA 785 Live Radio. All right, folks, well, we are going to wrap things up tonight. And, and you know, I'm really just going to refer you back to those stats we talked about at the beginning of the show. Um, yeah, we had the highest voter turnout in a mayoral election since 2009 uh, this past Tuesday in this last election. Again, low, low numbers, but big progress that's being made. And now it's the time to capitalize on that momentum. Uh, as the mayor elect and I just talked about, you know, the way to get more people to the polls is getting them engaged now. It's a lot easier if folks are paying attention, knowing who people are, knowing who those issues, the, what the issues are, and then getting them to the polls and trying to, at the last minute, let them know who people are, try to educate them about the issues, and then try to get them to vote. Um, so that work really needs to start now uh, with engaging folks. And I got news for you. It's If you thought it was hard to get people to the polls for this election, uh, the next one's going to be even harder. Uh, the 2023 local election um, features city council members, school board members, folks like that. The mayor isn't even on that ballot, so turnout trends even lower in those off-year local elections. Uh, so how do we even start? You know, where do we go from here? Um, the first things first, information is always key. Um, is This is, of course, a shameless uh, self-promotion on our part. Um, but if you haven't followed us on social media yet, uh, this is your reminder to check out our Facebook page or follow us on Twitter at, at Ballots Brews on Twitter. Um, every week on Monday, you'll see us share the public meeting schedule for the week for both city 
the in-county government, um, as well as how to watch and attend those meetings. Uh, the virtual world has made it a lot easier to attend those meetings or to watch those meetings from the comfort of home. Uh, those city, uh, all city meetings are streamed on the city's Facebook page. Um, not just city council, but all the different city uh, committees, city council committees are streamed on their Facebook page. Um, and the county commission meetings are streamed on their YouTube page. Um, so there's lots of ways to participate um, and watch those meetings even virtually this year. Uh, for city council, remember that they meet the first three Tuesdays of the month at 6 o'clock p.m. in City Hall. So the first three Tuesdays of the month at 6 o'clock p.m. Uh, the county commission meets every single Monday and Thursday at 9 o'clock a.m. in the basement of the county courthouse. So again, every single Monday and Thursday at 9 o'clock, you'll be able to find a city or a county commission meeting going on at the county courthouse. Um, of course, when it comes to school boards, uh, another big topic that we haven't talked as much about, but hugely important, uh, the Topeka Public Schools Board of Education meets the first and third Thursdays of the month at 5.30 p.m. at the Burnett Administration Center. Uh, so they are kind of the oddball of all of our city council, or all of our school boards in Topeka. You know, they meet on Thursdays, first and third Thursdays of the month at 5.30 for all the other school districts, a good rule of thumb is that if it's a Monday night, there's probably a school board meeting. Uh, so the Seaman School District, their board meets the second Monday of each month at 5.30 p.m. Shawnee Heights, their school board meets the first and third Mondays at 7 o'clock p.m. And then the Auburn Washburn School District also meets the first and third Mondays at 6.30 p.m. Uh, so if you if you are in the Seaman, Shawnee Heights, or Auburn Washburn School Board or school districts and you want a chance to catch their board meeting, if you head to the board office at around 5 o'clock, 5.30 p.m., there's a good chance there's going to be a meeting on a, on a Monday night. So again, Monday nights for every district, but Topeka Public schools, their board meetings are on Thursday evenings um, at 5.30, those first and third Thursdays at 5.30. And again, a reminder, these meetings by law are open to the public. You absolutely can just wander in, have a seat, and listen in. I promise no one is going to think you're weird, and you don't even have to really talk to anyone when you're there. You can chill out in the back and just listen and observe what's going on. Or, as I just mentioned, you can watch from home on a computer and crack open a beer while you're doing it, too. Um, you know, the one kind of side effect of COVID, the one kind of positive side effect of COVID um, is that we've gotten really good at technology in the last year. So even those school board meetings we just talked about, each of those school districts now streams their school board meetings online so you can watch them live from the comfort of your own home. Uh, we've uh, we've got all kinds of ideas. We could keep going all night long uh, about different ideas we have uh, for uh, boosting civic engagement and participation, but we want to hear from you all listening out there. How do you want your elected officials to engage with you? Uh, do you want to sit and have a beer with them? Do you want them to have kind of office hours like the mayor-elect just talked about? Uh, do you want them to come to your events? Uh, let us know. Um, and we're going to start compiling those ideas. And you never know where things might go from there. We're, we're working with some other good folks in the community who are really interested in seeing people get out and become more civically active in the community. And we had a chance to talk to elected officials about what that could look like. Uh, so we're curious to hear from all of you listening out there. How do you want to interact with your uh, elected officials? Do you want to do 
things in the virtual world online with them. We want those ideas. Head to our social media pages um, and let us know how do you want to interact uh, with your elected officials. And we'll, we'll pass those uh, that word on and, and we'll see what goes from there. Um, so with all that said, of course, this conversation is far from over because we're going to keep talking about this uh, as the year goes on, especially in January, once we have those new officials take their seats. Uh, we're going to be giving you more opportunities to stay in touch with those newly elected officials and to stay engaged with them as well. Uh, but that, folks, is our show for tonight. So as always, please, please, please stay safe, wear your mask, get your vaccine, do all the things we're supposed to do. And we'll see you next week here on Ballots and Brews on KSF 785 Live Radio.
every new beginning comes from some other beginning.